Never once did he break one of them. And he said, listen, the unfeigned faith, Timothy, that is in you didn't start in you. And we have to grab a hold of this truth. Our religion is not ours. It's not some brand new thing that started in our generation. This is one of our biggest contentions with so many different, even Christian religions. You see, Jesus said He would start His church in Matthew chapter 16. Do you believe that? So what business does Martin Luther have starting a new one in 1517? Uh, He doesn't, and it isn't. Hope we don't have any Methodist here tonight. But Charles Wesley died a baptized Anglican believing that it was his call from God to bring revival to the Anglican church. Now, do you get what Charles Wesley is saying? God has sent me to bring revival to the church of Jesus Christ. That's what he believed. Now, if Jesus' church needs revival and salvation, because most of the Anglicans were not saved, how could it be Jesus' church? Well, it wasn't. And neither was Mr. Wesley's church. Oh, these are mean words. But you see, if Jesus started his church, then no one else has a right to start their own. Amen? Faith is obedience to this book. Our church does not belong to us. That's why I do not want our church ever to dip its colors. We're not going to lower the standards of baptism so we don't offend people. If you won't get straight on baptism, let me tell you, there'll be just something else you won't get straight on. The church is not a club. It is not just a place where we want people to come. It is the body of Christ. Now, I'm not getting out my genealogy book. Not going to do it. Our authority comes from the Cleveland Baptist Church. They preach the truth. That's all the farther back I'm going. I'm sorry. You know why? Because the authority comes from this book through the church. I'll let God take care of the history. But I want you to know something. Your faith doesn't belong to you. You get to borrow it from Jesus Christ. It's a loan from this book. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And so when we talk about our faith and how it affects our lives, let's be careful with that. Let's not, say, let's not take the faith. How many people died in the Middle Ages just to be baptized in Jesus' name? Why would we lower that today and make light of the faith that they died for? That's what Paul is reminding Timothy. This faith dwelt in your grandmother. 
And he's saying, I can go back to Abraham if you want me to. But then the book would be way too long. Your faith isn't yours. It's part of our service and obedience to God. Paul said, he reminded Timothy, I got out of the way, but he said, I'm serving God with a clear conscience now that my faith is the same faith as Abraham's faith. He says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also... Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now, Paul is saying, now, Timothy, I put my hands on you. And today, you know what we call that? We call that ordination. Uh, I am looking forward to this fall. We finally set a date when we ordained Brother Hiram Davis. That is going to be one of the great pinnacles of our church history, is to be able to set, lay our hands upon a man and send him out of this church and turn him loose. Amen? And we don't want Brother Davis to be the only one. Looking forward to Brother Newberger and, and when he gets ready to move out and start a church, and, and as the Lord moves in the lives of others, and Timothy is being reminded by Paul, he said, I want you to take the gift of God, and I want you to stir that thing up. You were not ordained just so you could put reverend in front of your name when you sign your letters. Amen? He said, you were not ordained. He said, you were given a gift. And any time a group of pastors will come together and lay their hands upon another pastor, a young man, and say, we have tested this man. We have watched his life. We have watched his ministry. And we want to give our testimony that this man is fit for the gospel ministry. That in and of itself is a gift. See, most, organ, most denominations, you know how you get ordained? You graduate their college, and on graduation day, I ordain you, I ordain you, I ordain you, I ordain you. Uh, when the yeshivas have graduation, uh, they go down to the city registry here. If you're going to solemnize marriages in New York City, you have to have a letter of request from your church to solemnize marriages. Now, somebody says, oh, that's government intervention. No, I kind of like that, actually. Because that means you can't just uh, go online or, or do Braille correspondence school and get an ordination and, and put a sign out, I perform weddings. You can't do that in New York. You have to have an established church that takes down proof that it is a church. We had to take down 18 months of bulletins and show them, and uh, we took a copy of our corporation and our constitution and bylaws, and, you know, if they read those things, they got the gospel. They got an earful, let me tell you. But they recognized our church's authority to request cooperation 
in a legal situation, which is solemnizing marriages. It's pretty good. It's hard to get a divorce in New York State, and that's a good thing. But this ordination is a gift that God gives because it's not just something that happens because you graduated school. It's something that happens because men of God who are serving God recognize that you are being prepared by God to be a pastor. And he said, now, Timothy, you have that gift. By the way, it's not your abilities I want you to stir up. It's not your talents. Uh, it's not that God, uh, uh, it's not that you're just a gifted teacher. Hey, if it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, then it's not natural ability. How many of you went to public school in one time or another? How many of you had a great teacher in public school? Does that mean they had the gift of the Holy Spirit of teaching? Chances are they weren't even saved. You don't have to be saved to be a great teacher. But if you're going to serve God in his church, you better have the gift of the Holy Spirit, not just human ability. Do you see the difference between the two? And Paul's saying, listen, you need to stir that gift up. Being a preacher is not natural. You have to work at it. You have to work at being strange. Amen? Uh, that part comes naturally for me. But he's saying, Timothy, I want you to stir that thing up. I want you to work on the ministry that you've been called. And he said, I want you to remember. He said, I'm in prison, but I'm still an apostle. I'm in prison. I don't have my freedom, but I'm still praying for you. Now, could you imagine being young Timothy and start to read this letter? Don't you think he got just a little bit excited? Say, man, I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let those men down. I'm not going to let Paul down. And, and not only is he not going to let Paul down, the gift comes from who? God. God gave me that ability. I'm going to trust him to serve me. How is he going to serve? Well, it's that unfeigned faith that Paul talked about in the verse before. Just simply believing God's word. And so Paul is remembering a few things while he's writing this letter. First, he introduces himself and to whom the letter is written. Now he just takes a few moments and remember, now he's going to get serious. He's going to start verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. But we're going to stop right here tonight. And so uh, Paul is introducing himself. He's taken a few moments to remember. And you know what? Some of you are very young in your Christianity. You don't have a lot of things to remember. But get a hold of this. The faith that you have in Jesus Christ is not a new thing. It's very old. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. Amen? Treat it with respect. Because God wants to use that faith to accomplish His will.
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would help us to serve you, not be bowled over by the educated and all of these things that they want to talk about. Lord, let us just have that simple, unfeigned faith in our life. In your name we pray. And before